Hey, what's up, you spooky bitches? Welcome to another episode of Aaron the Bland Podcast with your favorite final boy. I am your host, Aaron, and today we will be diving into the grotesque world of the Green Inferno. But before we get into that, I, of course, want to get into some questions that I have been given on Instagram and just things that I've been doing, of course. So let's just start off with the obvious. Um, Sadly, Halloween season is over. It's never going to go away from me. But it's always very upsetting seeing all the decorations come down outside and I just prefer to have everything up. Same thing at the house as well whenever we um, de-decorate, I guess that's how you would say it, or undecorate, I don't fucking know. At the house, it just looks so plain and sad and it just something that I want to have up all the time. But in my heart, I know it's always going to be Halloween, spooky season, everything in between, and horror year-round. So I'm just a big horror whore, as everyone knows. And people that follow me, I'm pretty sure you guys are the same way. So I really appreciate all the horror whores out there. I also, very, very fun thing that I did, uh, I saw Doja Cat. If you don't like Doja, oh my god, I can't be friends with you, I'm so sorry. I just had such a great fucking time. I was living through everything. Look, this was three years in the making for me. I definitely needed to see her. And the first time I was going to go see her was at Coachella. But then like COVID happened or whatever. So I wasn't able to go to Coachella because they canceled it, unfortunately. And then the next year when Coachella or whenever the next year was that I was going to come back. Finally, she was going to be there. And I told myself, okay, I'm going to go, but I just didn't really see myself buying the ticket and then going three fucking days to an event. I'm not that kind of guy anymore. I'd rather just go for a couple of hours and then come back. But I decided to just not go. Then I watched The weekend last year, and she was supposed to open for him, and then she canceled. So I was so fucking mad. I told myself, I'm going to fucking go. I went to work one day, and then my friend, she said that she got Bad Bunny tickets, and then... She was asking me if I was going to watch Doja, and I sadly said no, and she's like, why? That's your favorite fucking artist. Like, you should probably go, and I was like, you know what? You're fucking right. I should go, and then I bought myself two tickets, and there I went. I went to go see Doja. It was euphoric. It was very mesmerizing. I feel like every time she smiled, it's because she saw me in the stand, and she just needed to smile at me, and then I smiled as well. I was cheesing so fucking hard there. I, I'm not kidding you. I like loved her very much. Let me have my moment of Doja. It was literally the best concert I've been to. Um, and that's just because I'm very fucking biased when it comes to her. It was just great. I sang my heart out. I would have given her my heart. I don't fucking know if she wanted that. I mean, hey, go ahead and take it. But she also performs. She is a performer. She sings. She dances very fucking well. I don't know. She just genuinely seems like a very fun person. To me, at least. And I'm pretty sure people are like, whatever. Fuck Doja. And I'm like, whatever. Fuck you. So it'd be like that. Like, I will die on that hill. But I mean, I'm not I'm not like a crazy fan, you know. So I just, I just like her a lot. <laughs> so moving on. A couple of fun movies that I think are coming out is thanksgiving and it's a wonderful knife so i think this is going to do a lot of good for the horror community i love holiday themed horror movies and there's just something about them that 
just makes it so much more grotesque. I feel like people have like a negative look towards horror movies when it comes to the holidays. So like whenever there's a Christmas horror movie, I feel like people are very appalled by it for some odd reason. I'm over here like, give me the fucking kills like in Christmas. Like I'm like, I need more holiday horror. Like, especially like you have kills like in the snow. Like you, you could do so much in the fucking snow. I don't know. And I think because people are like, oh, it's a time of joy and a time of like to be merry and all that fucking bullshit. And I'm just over here. Give me the fucking blood. I want more. Like the movie Better Watch Out. Like that's a Christmas horror movie. And it is crazy as fuck. I think everyone should watch it at least once. I'm very excited for It's a Wonderful Night because it is around the time frame of Christmas. For Thanksgiving, of course, it is a Thanksgiving horror movie. It is directed by Eli Roth. And what better yet to just talk about it because I am bringing up an Eli Roth movie right now, The Green Inferno. But knowing that Eli Roth is directing this, I know I'm going to be expecting a lot of blood, a lot of guts, a lot of brutal ass kills and you can expand more i mean you can make the kills more brutal you can make it more realistic looking and why not do that one and cabin fever if you do watch it it is basically like a scene by scene like remake necessarily there is a couple of differences but other than that like the plot is exactly the same i mean you just change a couple of characters here and there there's nothing really different about it but the kills are pretty intense and the shovel scene if you know that scene Oh my god, it's that that scene pisses me off because the character just does not know what to do when they're telling them like put me out of my fucking misery and yet you're putting me in more pain. Like you're not killing me instantly. You are literally doing the worst. If you know what scene that is, it is horrible to watch. It's just ridiculous and then the screams and everything. That's what you're going to get with an Eli Roth movie, and that's what The Green Inferno gives you. As I mentioned, I did have questions that I did ask on Instagram, so I did want to bring them up now. So one of the questions I did ask, I'm playing Dead Island, the video game, on the PlayStation, so I'm in this like zombie kick right now. So I was asking people if they think they would survive a zombie apocalypse. So 48% of you said, yes, you would, and you'd be a zombie slayer, which I call fucking cap on that. I... I don't think you would survive, honestly. I mean, just just saying, <laughs> but that, that's because I'm probably not going to survive. Um, 24% of you said possibly like, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I may or may not. And then 28% of you were actually being very honest. And that's something that I would probably do as well. I said, um, no, take me out. I ain't dealing with that shit. Like, I'd rather be dead. So that's what I would honestly be. I would be on that spectrum where the 20%, I would be in that boat as well. So that was actually a question I gave to everyone. So some of the questions that were given to me, one of them was, what are my thoughts on horror con experiences? I've personally never done one. I want to do one because I think they, they look super fun to do. And just being able to see the actors and the horror movies, especially some of my favorite horror movies, just being able to meet them. I think videos that I've seen and things like that. So I would appreciate going to a horror con. I think if you have the chance to go to one, if there's one near you, then you should definitely do one. I'm just very fucking lazy when it comes to driving. And I should probably tell myself to just fucking do it because I eat, sleep, breathe horror. So why the fuck have I not gone to one? Another thing though, I think I don't, I can't really stop myself from buying horror merch. 
I am a fucking sucker for, I'm a slut for horror merch. Like if I go to like the Festival of Lights here where we have every Christmas, they always have horror pop-ups and I always need to go and then just get as much shit as possible. I don't need it, but I want it. And that's probably another reason why I probably do not go because I would get the most outlandish shit. It's like they're going to sell Billy the Puppet for $500. And I'm like, I don't need it, but I can get it if I want it, you know? So it's just a lot of things. I had to really stop myself from certain things. If you've done one, I mean, let me know which ones you've done. And I would like to hear your experiences when it comes to those. Another question I got was, how old should a movie be before it gets called a cult classic or a classic? This one was a little difficult to really answer. I had a really get the definition of a cult film or a cult classic. So I'm just going to read it to you guys. So kind of like an example, I would say very recent um, would be Terrifier. I think Art the Clown has generated a very big cult following when it comes to the way he is. And having like Damien Leon being able to create Terrifier 2. And you're just able to see like that huge jump of people that actually want to watch this type of movie. So it's crazy. I really, it's coming from a Netflix movie. Well, that's where I first saw it. So it probably was somewhere else. And then it went on to Netflix. But then now you have Terrifier 2 that actually came out in theaters. And then now they brought back Terrifier 1 into theater. So like people can watch it. So it's really cool to see, like, and I think that would be necessarily a cult classic. But then you have like another, like on another side of the spectrum. So you have Jennifer's Body, like you, like that was a flop, like when it first came out. And then you have like 10 years later, it becomes a classic because there's like this cult following of it. And I think at any point in time, it can necessarily be labeled as a classic or a cult classic. But I don't want it to take away from like the classic classics, you know, um, like Halloween. Like, is that a classic or is that a cult classic? I really think that's a horror classic. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's a cult classic, but maybe classic in general. But then I've heard like Pulp Fiction is a cult classic. So see, I don't know, like throwing the word around is kind of hard and it's kind of confusing me <laughs> when it comes to that. So now I probably sound really fucking stupid. All right. And then another question I was given was <laughs> how many inches is it? <laughs> so I know what you're talking about. So it's about five inches in length. 3.5 inches wide and about 2.5 inches thick. I'm sure you're talking about my heart. Like that's what you're talking about, right? Because that's that's how that's how big it is. It's cute. I can't give it to you though because I would die. So sorry. All right. So let's get into it. So we're gonna be talking about the Green Inferno. Letting you know now that this is an intense movie. It's filled with gore. It's filled with torture. It's very cannibalistic. It's just everything in between. It's gross as fuck. And I honestly love it. I love everything about this movie. I would say you would need to stay away from this movie if you are easily grossed out because it's definitely not for the faint of heart. You are going to see a lot of blood. You're going to see a lot of dismemberment. You're going to see a lot of people screaming because they are being fucking tortured. And it's just not a cute look, you know? I really enjoy the movie. I would probably give it an 8 out of 10. But then again, that's because I am a gore whore. I love the kills in the movie. I think the plot is actually pretty cool too. Because when you actually see a lot of the interviews that Eli Roth has done in regards to the movie. You want to put these college students that are probably like, they think that they're better than everyone necessarily. 
and they think they're like doing a good cause but like they don't want they don't know what the cause is for and at the end of the day they just want to post it on the internet just so they can get like a lot of clout for it and they're like oh my god they did so good but i'm like are you doing it because you're doing it out of the kindness of your heart or are you doing it because you just want the likes and views like that's not a reason to help people like you shouldn't record you helping someone because you just want the views and like the attention on you like that's kind of not the purpose of that so that's what he wanted to do in, in regards to the movie itself so i thought that was a really cool like reasoning to do it and then just putting them into the amazon forest and things like that meeting the tribe for rotten tomato scores like they fucking butchered them like they did a 38 percent as the critic score and then a 29 percent for the audience score typically i do go based off of the audience score whenever i am watching a movie because the critics, I don't believe the critics, like, what the fuck? They're probably gonna get paid and, like, say, like, oh, yeah, it was so good. But I'd rather listen to the audience score and then see, like, the comments of that. In this case, I don't agree with it. I don't agree that it should have gotten a 29%. Again, I'm very biased, though, because, again, I'm just, I'm a gore whore. So it's gonna be brutal as fuck. And if I can be watching a movie where I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is intense. And I'm like, this is cool. <laughs> but I'm, and the other, on the other side of the spectrum, I'm like, yeah, my friend that I, bless her heart, I took her to watch this movie. She did not know what she was going into. And she was like, every like second that something was happening, she's like, this is so fucking gross. Like, I cannot watch this. And I'm like, I'm sorry. But I'm like, I love you for coming here because this is so nice of you <laughs> that you were open to watching the movie with me. She's like, well, I was because I didn't know what it was. Maybe I should have probably checked it out before I said yes. And then I'm all eating stuff too. She's like, how the fuck are you eating while you're watching this? Like, I feel so gross right now. I'm like, I don't know, I guess we're just built different. All right. So before I even get into like the summary and everything, I wanted to kind of play the role of me being in here. Like, would I necessarily be a survivor? Like, what would my mentality be if I were to go into the movie itself? I wouldn't say I'm a survivor. There's no fucking way I'm going to survive this situation. Like, first of all, I'm in a plane. It goes down. So like the plane crash, like just the likelihood of me surviving that I it's a very, very minimal. Let's just say I did fucking survive that, which I wish I didn't, because now I'm going to be put into this other situation where I'm like, I wish I was the people that actually did pass away during that time frame. Um, I'm going to get a tribe that gets me and they turn out to be cannibalistic then I'm going to be fucking toast. I, there's no way I'm going to live this situation. First of all, I would probably step on some fucking hole and then like break my ankle because I'm so fucking clumsy. And then I'm going to just rot out there because no one's going to find me. I'm going to get bit by a snake. Maybe there's an anaconda out there. It's probably going to eat me. A I mean, maybe a tiger. Is there, are th is there tigers in the Amazon forest? I don't know. What the hell is out in the, in the Amazon forest? I'm going to be screwed as hell. I honestly would need Predator to come help me. I would a thousand percent pray for this bitch to come and help me. Like, let me hear your fucking sounds. Like, please just get me invisible and get me out of here. I, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Um, I can try to run like, like how one of them did, but that really didn't work out for them. So I don't really think that it's going to work out for me. I, yeah, I don't see myself living this situation. I don't think there's really a way out unless I 
take myself out. I don't I don't know. It's just a scary situation. I think that's where a lot of people need to view movies a little differently. Like whenever I see like reviews and stuff, I'm like, well, it is pretty fucking scary if like you were in that situation. Like when they're like, oh, it wasn't scary. I'm like, well, I mean, if you're in that situation, it's really fucking scary. So I, I love to put myself in the into the character's shoes and like maybe who I would like play like them as well. It's just fun. It's just like an extra thing for me to do in the movies itself. But maybe I'm just crazy and I just like to fantasize a lot of, of a lot of the situation. All right, so let's get into the movie summary. So I'm not going to spoil anything right now. But when I do get into the characters, I would let you know that I'm going to be spoiling stuff. So if you haven't watched it and you do want to watch it, then I would highly suggest you to stop after the summary and then maybe come back so you can hear me talk about the characters. But we're just going to get into it. So New York college student Justine, played by Lorenza Izzo, is a lawyer's daughter, meets a student activist named Alejandro, played by Ariel Levy, when he goes on a hunger strike on behalf of underpaid janitors. Justine agrees to help Alejandro undertake his next project to save the Amazon. She soon learns to regret her decision when their plane crashes in the Peruvian jungle and she and the rest of their group are taken captive by a tribe of hungry cannibals. So this is your last chance. Spoilers now. So Justine, I think her heart is definitely where she wants to save everyone in the forest and she just wants to raise awareness for them. But Alejandro is on the other side of the spectrum. He portrays himself to be an activist and he portrays himself to like want to save everyone, but he really doesn't care. Like he's very manipulative and he's just doing stuff for the money. So when Justine actually figures that out, she's like, oh, like you're definitely not one to be trusted. And I don't know why I came here in the first place. If I recall correctly, her friend, like one of her roommates was basically telling her like, you probably shouldn't do that. But yet she ends up going anyways. So Justine is basically put in the situation where she shouldn't have been in the first place, but she made the wrong decision. And but she wears her heart on her sleeve like she wants to save people while Alejandro definitely does not care for the fucking world. So she actually ends up escaping. She is the only person to escape. And the reasoning of why she escapes is probably true to like her nature itself. I want to say because she is looking out for everyone. She is trying to save everyone. But unfortunately, she really can't do that. And just being able to befriend one of the villager kids like she's actually I don't know if like he kind of like looks up to her or I don't know what that little situation is but it's kind of like like little brother big sister where just like I like you can take care of me and like I'll take care of you type thing I don't know like it does help her in the long run I mean like the like the little kid does end up helping her like escape to the point where like he even stops like someone from like about to like kill her so and that like the way I kind of saw that was like he knows like and his tribe like they're just there like they're surviving like whatever comes their way like they're going to survive like the reasoning why that they capture these people is because they thought they were a part of like this company that was going to bulldoze them or like take away the forest from them so he probably was able to see like maybe they're not a part of that and she wanted to be saved so thankfully like he does do that for her and she ends up leaving in regards to alejandro he would basically let anyone else die like if it's not him like he needs to make sure someone else is dead prior to him because he knows that they're going he definitely doesn't care about the well-being of anyone like he is once someone dies he's like oh they're gonna be fed for a while like we can wait wait it out until like the bulldozing company comes and gets us 
And then if someone else dies, he's just like, well, whatever. Like, they're just dead weight anyways. So he'll always just say some random ass shit. He's even, like, jerking off <laughs> in, one of the situ- in one of the scenes. And he's just like, well, I need to have, like, some... I need to, like, release some type of, like, pent-up energy or something like that. So I'm like, well, dang. You, are, you literally do not care about anything. Like, you're going to show up the whole thing. But yeah, he's just a very manipulative individual. And he doesn't die at the end, actually. he He's basically, like, left for dead. And we do see him alive at the end, though. So the sister ends up calling justine and she just like hey um i remember i saw like your report on what happened over there like you said everyone died in the plane crash but yet um alejandro was seen on like this like camera so you see him at the end so we're like okay what the fuck happened and we would like to know what happened at the end but unfortunately there's no green inferno too so maybe that's not going to happen and it's just left to interpretation who knows um, another character that I really, really enjoyed and I really hated to see her go was actually Amy. Uh, she's played by Kirby Bliss Blanton, and she actually ends her own life. So the reason why she does that was because I think it's her girlfriend, but she ends up seeing Samantha's tattoos in her bowl and she ends up noticing like oh fuck like i just ate my girlfriend and she's vegan by the way so she's just like oh i can't eat anything meat wise like i like i'm vegan but it's just like you guys are in such a dire situation like you need to get some type of energy from somewhere so you're gonna have to eat meat and she ends up eating it finally and she like slurps up everything in her bowl and then she like looks down uh, at her bowl and she looks around and she's seeing like the kids playing with samantha's tattoos like the skin and like they're putting it on their body and everything and she freaks the fuck out to the point where like she breaks the ceramic bowl and she just slits her own throat that scene is so fucking sad because it just goes to show like how desperate she is to just get out of that situation and she does not want to meet like the same demise that she that Samantha met. We don't know how Samantha dies. Like she is killed off of screen. The last time we see her is when she's running to a canoe to escape. And then the next morning we see like, well, we don't know where Samantha's at until they get fed. So she's unfortunately killed off scene. I would probably have liked to see like what happened, but I'm assuming they definitely just butchered her. They definitely skinned her because they're playing with her tattoos and that's just a fucked up thing i don't know what it's just a crazy ass situation all right well moving on to lars so he's played by daryl sabara aka juni from spy kids i think this is actually one of the reasons why i wanted to watch it was because i knew he was in spy kids and growing up i loved spy kids if you didn't like spy kids then you're fucking whack um I've always wanted to be one of the spy kids. I remember growing up, I always wanted like their toys and I just wanted to be a spy. Like, how cool does that sound? And then like fighting those fucking thumbs, like I'd be down with that. And I always wanted their gum too, because like those, like that electrocuting gum, I don't know why it just looks so good for some reason. It was very, it looks tasty. That's the only word I can really think of right now. Uh, He had a fucked up situation, unfortunately. So, he was actually about to escape with Justine and another character named Daniel. But unfortunately, once he's about to get out of the cage, Alejandro actually pricks him with one of the like sleeping darts so he can keep him because Alejandro's reasoning is that 
he needs another body there. So he's not the one that gets chopped up next to be eaten. It's going to be someone else. So he does do that for Daryl. So unfortunately, because Lars is the last person to try to get out of the cage, he is the one that gets pricked and he's the one that's going to be left behind. So that is what happens. And I didn't let you guys know what happened to Amy after the fact that she killed herself. So she they actually stuff her body with marijuana, which I don't know how the fuck that would work in this situation. But basically, once they cook her, it's she's basically like a human edible. I don't know how that would fucking work because... I'm assuming like your blood is just not, it's not going to absorb all that. And I think it would only, only just be in like in parts of your organs, but whatever, it's just a movie and we're just going to say that, yeah, it works. So he, she does get fed to the village and everyone ends up getting high off of her and they have a very wild case of the munchies. And Lars actually ends up escaping and he starts to run away. And basically everyone's like either like passing out or just like laughing or like having the time of their life. So Lars ends up just running, running away, but he does get caught and they eat him alive. So they start tearing him apart. They like start biting him on the neck. Like there's even like a little kid that carries out his leg somewhere. So he gets basically like the walking dead type of kill like zombies all over you and then they are ripping you apart that's basically what happened just with high villagers so if you probably add cannibals and like marijuana in there it's probably not a good combo like you're probably gonna get eaten if they get the munchies so he had a very fucking brutal death you ain't getting no anesthesia for that there's no painkillers for that like you are gonna feel every fucking thing until you're dead so that was a very fucked up situation for Lars. Another thing too, if you want to see, um, his wiener's in it. So there's that. I, if you're still here and you didn't watch the movie, but you're like, hey, I do want to see it. You can see it. It's probably fake, but it's there. <laughs> All right, so on to Jonah. So he's actually like a very sweet character. Like I really liked his character. I think he definitely wanted to make sure that everyone was okay. He was the first one to go, unfortunately, like once they got taken to the camp and he gets killed by amputation, like limbs one by one. He gets his eyes taken out, gouged out, and then the leader of the group ends up eating his eyes and he's just screaming through the whole fucking thing. Like he is like on this, not a pillar, but like a bed of like cement and or like some type of cement or rock and he is just getting fucked up and they even cut his tongue out and then all his friends are watching like they're watching everything happen like this is like the very first thing that they are seeing they're like oh my god like we are going to be fucking screwed here if we don't leave or if we're not saved or anything like that and until he gets decapitated like he gets decapitated and then they end up making him like a big old meal for all the villagers of course and alejandro not giving a fuck he's just like well they're gonna be fed for quite some time alejandro would be the first fucking person that i'd have to like kill in this situation like there's no way there's like four again let me see one two three four five six there's six against one like kill this bitch like if he is that bad of a situation like he should be gone like i don't know Again, I think like once you're in that situation, like in that state, I think you would really do the like fight or flight. And if he's already showing those red flags and I don't know what the hell's going to happen, I'm not going to be next, sir. Like it's going to be the fucking dickhead next. Not me. Not on my watch. 
But last but not least, uh, we have Daniel. Uh, Daniel's actually, I would say, like the smarter one out of the group. Like he recalls everything that's going to happen. Like he knows like where the GPS is at. Like he knows like like I guess kind of the layout of where they were taken and like where they need to go. So like when him and Justine actually escape, like he actually knows where to go for the like the plane crash. Mind you, I mean there is like smoke that where you can kind of follow. But I think me, I don't. I would probably get lost somewhere for some odd reason. But they actually make it because of Daniel. And he's played by Nicholas Martinez. Um, he's unfortunately left to be eaten by ant. They put like this weird clay on him. So like the ants can crawl on him. And he's basically going to be getting eaten alive. He doesn't die though. Like unfortunately, like I would want to just get it to be ended with. I, I don't want to deal with that. He actually asked Justine because he's put on a stake and he's still not dead and he's just like can you please just like put me out of my misery i'm not gonna deal with this like, i'm not gonna just die here like slowly do me that favor um justine does not have it in her to do that i don't personally think i would be able to do that as well justine doesn't do that for daniel because she just doesn't want to kill him probably because out of the kindness of her heart and she doesn't want to she just can't like she there's no way for her to do it but the kid that actually like she kind of befriended uh, one of the villagers, he actually ends up doing it. So he puts him to sleep first, which is actually very nice to do. He puts him to sleep, like knocks him out, and then he just like stabs him in the neck. So like then he'll just, he died in his sleep technically. He probably knows that they were in the wrong place at the wrong time and they didn't deserve to be there. Again, like how would you have a communication with a, a tribe that you don't know, like native language and what you're there for like it's going to be very difficult i know there's like a couple of other like little things that they did so like justine was actually one of the chosen ones because she was a virgin so they're going to put her through a ceremony where they're going to circumcise her and that was one things that she did learn in one of her college classes when she was just like that's fucked up like you can basically die from being circumcised that way but i actually do talk a little bit of it and one of my fun facts so i do have fun facts for the movie itself but before i even get into it i just wanted to say how sick the green inferno was i probably watched it more than three times and i still like kind of get squeamish in certain parts i'm like that's a very fucked up situation to be in and i would not want to be there at all because again i would die there's no way to, to survive that unless you are lucky like Justine and are able to kind of get somewhat help. But even then, like that goes a long way. Like that doesn't go, sorry, that doesn't go a long way. Like you still need to do a lot of the footwork and there's a lot you still need to do. Let's get into some of the fun facts. So when Eli Roth and his crew approach villagers deep in the Amazonian jungle, they actually call the, Kal let me not butcher this, oh my God, the Kalanayaku tribe. So there were to be extras in the film. He soon realized that they had never seen a movie and had no concept of what one was. So they never even knew what like what film was. They didn't know what cameras were and things like that. But to demonstrate what a movie was, Eli brought a TV and a copy of Cannibal Holocaust and had a screen for everyone. So the villagers loved it and thought it was a comedy. They gladly acted in the film. So if you haven't watched The Cannibal Holocaust, just like me, I've heard it is a very disgusting movie to watch to the point where like i guess the director or like the filmmaker had to get taken to court because they thought that the kills were literally people getting killed um but it just looked so real i guess and this is from 1980 so i'm like damn 
I need to watch this. Um, but apparently that they did kill like animals, like legitimately killed animals. So I would need to dive a little deeper into that. Maybe one day I will probably cover the cannibal Holocaust. Um, not today though. So we'll see when I watch that. Uh, so the next fun fact was Eli Roth disclosed that the tribe offered a two-year-old child to the production designer as a thank you for including them in the film. The production designer politely declined the offer. The whole cast suffered like bug bites and everything, but Kirby, who played Amy, she actually had to be hospitalized because she got sick. So that is probably, <laughs> uh, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe she did get vaccinated in regards to that because what if she did catch something? Um, who knows? I don't know. I'd be fucking scared. I'm a big hypochondriac and I'm going to be like, well, I'm going to die out here and I don't know what to do. So it is what it is. I'm like, at least I'm on the big screen. I'm like, mama, I made it. Um, so out of all the villagers who signed up to be in the film, some of them ended up working as crew members as well. Um, also, Christian missionaries sang religious songs on their boats as they arrived at the village. They weren't aware that the movie was being filmed at the village and became alarmed when they saw the gory props, including skeletons and dead bodies impaled on stakes. They sang louder until they were told about the movie being filmed. I could get it, like coming from that aspect, like not knowing what's going on. And then you come to a possible cannibalistic tribe and you're like fuck like maybe i shouldn't come here <laughs> so i'd be i'd be scared shitless for sure um another thing this one this fact was actually pretty cool and i'm glad that they put this in here so children from the tribe went up to eli roth and said that they had an idea for the film he asked what it was and the kids pulled out a baby boa they thought it would be funny if it was in the cage with the actresses. Eli loved the idea, so he decided to have the kids dangle the snake in their faces. When they went to do it, the kids really got into it, and it appears as the actresses were being slapped with the snake. So in the scene, like there is a scene where like the kids are playing with a snake and like actually like putting it in their faces and stuff. I am scared of snakes, so whatever if they probably didn't tell me that they're going to be doing that, the look in my eyes, the fear, and my scream would all be real. Like if they are like, oh, like you did so well, like you acted so well in that moment. I'm like, yeah, it was real. I don't like snakes. If they put a fucking lizard in front of me, I they'd kill me. At least they'd have a new prop because I'd be dead. You can use my body and then ship me off or wherever. And then the last fact that I brought up, this one actually is going based off of the color schemes of everything. So there's three distinctive color slash shade markings, which divide the classes of the Peruvian cannibal tribe of the film. So yellow is the sole painting of the tribe's female elder and leader. Black, which is with um, facial shadow of yellow. It's the sole painting of the tribe's current headhunter. And then red, which is the standard for all the villagers. And then you have white with facial shading of red. Those are the female villagers undergoing the rite of passage. So which is going to be the female circumcision. So that's actually what Justine was going to go through in regards to that because she was still a virgin. So she was going to go through that rite of passage. Well, there you have it, you guys. So The Green Inferno was actually released in 2014. If you haven't watched it, I would highly suggest you guys to watch it. It is a gross movie. Um, definitely, if you are squeamish, I will probably say don't eat anything <laughs> because it gets very bloody and gross. Like if you think Saw is bad, if you think Hostel is bad, this is on the same level. It's just, it's scary, I would say. Just because of like 
how possibly realistic it could be. Like if you were put in that situation, I don't think there is actually cannibalistic tribes anymore. When I was looking at it, I'm pretty sure they're out there, but none that we probably know about maybe. I would be scared shitless in this situation and I know I wouldn't survive. So I have a question for you guys. Do you think you would survive this cannibalistic tribe? Do you think you would escape or would you die? But until next time, guys, I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Enjoy your week and stay spooky.